Two. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. On today's show, we'll get into the Mavericks win over the Toronto Raptors and Jason Kidd's answer to me about Reggie Bullock in the rotation. I'm the I'm the clearly Jason Kidd's favorite Locked On Mavs phone, uh, co-host, right? I mean, we'll tell you why on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks podcast. Sizzling Tim Hardaway Jr. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The winning wonder, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? (laughs) I just want to say we got to take a moment. (laughs) Congratulations. Pour one out. This is a a big night uh, in Mavs, uh, in this newest chapter, right? We're in a new chapter of Dallas Mavericks basketball. And we had our first moment for Jason Kidd. You know, we went through 13 years of Rick Carlisle, embarrassing people, clapping back at people, getting mad at people in the media uh, world. And we had our first moment. Us included. Oh, yeah, we've. We've been doing this pod five years, and we've shared so many, so many uh, moments and memories over the years of Rick Carlisle firing back at us on things. And um, shout out to the Thanksgiving Day. But tonight, first one, Jason Kidd (laughs) clapped back a little bit, and uh, it was with yours truly. (laughs) <laughs> Nick Angstead, you hold the title. Congratulations. Wow, the I'm first so, one. I am proud of you. I am so <laughs> proud of you that this you get to hold this title, that you're the first one. Thanks for making feel, luck. How do you feel right now? Wait, 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 where's the mic? How do you feel right now uh, knowing that you're you're the first one to hold this title? Well, let me tell you, Isaac, it was uh, I have a lot of people to thank. A lot of people helped me get to where I am today. And uh, yeah, so. I asked a question about to Jason Kidd about Reggie Bullock in the rotation, and his answer is going making the rounds right now on Twitter. So if you've not seen it by now, we will play it in full and tell you about it. But uh, yeah, so I, we might as well just get into it. So I asked the question. My question was the Mavericks about, won the game. I do want to yeah, put that out the, there. The That's won- the biggest thing in the night. The takeaway afterwards was kids. You know, the takeaway from the post game. You know, media was Jason Kidd's answer to Nick for sure. But the Mavericks won a game and they desperately needed that win. Didn't think they were going to win at the you know beginning of the game. Looked rough. And I'm sure we'll break down all the basketball stuff. But for the sake of this pod, we're going to have some fun with it and hear uh, Kidd's response to this. Yeah, we'll break down the entire game and, and all that kind of stuff. The good, the bad, the, you know, the the Luka finally feeling like Luka again. We'll talk about all that. But this was after the game. I asked the question to Jason Kidd. Oh, let's just play it for you. Hey, Coach, uh, Reggie Bullock was the big free agency addition this offseason, and he hasn't played more than 17 minutes the first couple of games. I'm curious, is he limited by something right now, or is there you know, another reason why or your thoughts on why he's not a bigger part of the rotation? Well, to answer your question, honestly, uh, we've only played two games, so would you like him to play uh, 24 minutes, or uh, how would you like to see it? I'm just curious if he was limited by anything or if he was – no, no, it's, it's, this is an early journey. Um, and you have to be patient. Um, a famous player said this, this is an instant oatmeal. This is going to take time to cook. 
And so um, I, I'm, I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I, I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. <laughs> I laughed out loud when you answered the question. So we're on Zoom, guys. We, you obviously know they're in Toronto. Yeah. We're all on Zoom. And as soon as Nick asked the question and uh, Jason responded with that, I'm like, Oh crap! Is this like split moment? I'm like, is Nick gonna double down? Is he gonna fire? I thought for sure you might fire back with, yeah, I think he should play 24 minutes. But, bam, you handled it so well. I was, it was a great, great moment. Thank but, you. Yeah, Mavs PR even allowed me to unmute, which I thought was interesting. They they allow that back and forth even on Zoom, so I appreciate that. They're like, we'll let you wield your sword. But here, but here's the reason. So I wanted to ask that because yes, he was the guy that was touted as this is the big addition that we made. The only like. He played 30 minutes a game last year with the Knicks, and he's playing now 16 minutes a game the first two games. Now, yes, it's early and all that, but he just doesn't seem like he's part of the rotation. So I wanted to know, is he limited by something? I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter respond to this video and say, well, it's early and he didn't play preseason very much, and so maybe his legs aren't under him. Okay, well then, Jason Kidd, tell me that. Tell me that he's, yeah, we're still getting him back into game shape, still getting him back into condition. And all that, and boom, that's an answer. This was not an answer. This is well. I guess I, I get my. I guess my takeaway from this answer is we don't think Reggie Bullock should be part of this rotation, and he should play less minutes than Dwight Powell. And he has a well. He's less, in the rotation. He thinks he should be a part of the rotation. He just doesn't think he should be as much a part of the rotation as we both think he should. He he was. Let's see. Five, six, seven, eighth, eighth on the team in, in minutes right now. Like in this past game, and so. Yeah, like if you're going to throw back and, and ask me to put a number on it, like I'm not going to put a number on it, but it just doesn't seem like he's as big a part of rotation as we all expected him to be, considering he was the big addition in the offseason. Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's just a matter of what role do you think he should play? We, we both, we've been pretty adamant on this on this pod that we think he should start. We, I mean, right, correct? That we yeah, <laughs> He yeah. should start over Dwight yeah. Powell. And, you know, right now he's one of the first three guys off the bench. You know, if you're running eight-man rotation, it's him – Brunson and Maxi is the main three guys off the bench. You know, slightly under that, you're looking at, you know, Sterling. We'll talk about Willie's minutes in a little bit that um, he was just kind of vanished, which was um, cool. Well, well and, Willie and Brunson were the first two off the bench. Yeah, the first two games, they've been the first two guys off the bench. But we saw a slight, you know, slight adjustment by my kid and, you know, by not bringing Willie back in that. But which was good. Yeah, give which him, was, give him which was for that. yeah, which was good. So you know, Bullock playing 17 minutes. Yeah, I think he should be playing 24 to 26 minutes a game. I think he should be in the starting spot. I mean, Dwight landed at 24 minutes in this game, right? So is it ironic that Dwight landed at 24 minutes and it was thrown out there at 24 minutes? Yeah. So I would love to see Dwight playing, you know, 15 to 18 minutes and Reggie Bullock playing, you know, 24 to 26 minutes. And this goes back to some of these prop, some of the bigger problems, right? Is the spacing. I, I think a, uh, me and a couple other people tweeted out just some of the screen sh screen grabs of the paint at times it, with this team, where Luca or somebody is driving into the paint. Luca or Brunson, I guess, is the only options. But both of them drive into the paint, and then either Dwight or Maxi or KP or somebody will follow them into the or Willie will follow them into the paint and kind of trail, and then all of a sudden, it, like. Luca is not a guy that just drives to the rim and runs through, right? He is a guy that drives to the rim, stops, and makes moves. And so then all of a sudden, you got two defenders down there when it should have just been one, and it clogs the paint up. And so if you have a guy like Reggie Bullock out there instead, it spreads the floor out more. There's better spacing. Instead of playing two bigs, you can play KP as the lone big and then play, you know, so, and there's handoffs. There's definitely handoffs to both, but I think it goes back to that spacing issue 
more that they, they're not playing Bullock more. Well, yeah, I, I sent off a sarcastic tweet of saying, hey, does anybody got a screenshot of some paint pictures of Dallas on offense? Because that's <laughs> like said, the hot thing now. And you then you fired off I, like eight pictures. I was going to say, you sent that and I was right in the middle of, of <laughs> capping like a bunch of them. Because it's it's like the trend now where like, you know, there's so many fans and media out there. It's like, oh, let me post the, you know, the screenshot of the paint picture. I'm like, I just need more. So now, like, <laughs> let's bank it. Let's let's get ready. Let's have a game. Take a drink on Tuesday night. Take a drink every time you see someone tweet out a picture of the paint being clogged. Because I'm I'm all I'll like just get everyone drunk. It's it's the new game because but I hope know, it I hope we don't have to play that game because I hope the spacing gets better. And we saw later in this game, they went away from the, you know, multiple bigs or lineups, or at least there's just one big in there that, um, in, I, in I laughed out loud at one point KP. because you tweeted out and you're like, Jason Kidd has all caps has to do something. He and does. I, I promise you it wasn't two minutes later. They switched to zone and I'm like dying laughing on the inside. I'm like, Nick, you wanted him to do something. And they got, they went to zone. So uh, they did their regular rotations and they switched to zone when the Raptors were shooting four of seven from three at that point. And basically everybody except for Precious Achua can, can hit threes on that team. It can hit threes well on that, yeah. that roster. So, but, but realistically, he did change some things. And I think he, yeah. he does get credit for that. He, that whole like Brunson Willie being the first two, you know, off the bench, like yep. Willie played three minutes. We didn't see him again. We saw a lot more of one big out there. We saw a moment that Tim Cato asked, you know, after the game, post game, he asked, Hey, there was a stretch, you know, maybe even two stretches that Maxi was out there as the lone big man out there. We saw, you know, Maxi and, and KP together at times. We saw KP out there by himself at times as the lone big man. This is stuff that we've, we're waiting to see. And I don't think it's a coincidence that. We saw the offense look a little bit better there in the second half. They had 29 points and 29 points in the, in the third and fourth quarters. You know, that's more points in both of those quarters than I want to say the previous six quarters, like I think 29 and 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mavs had not, the Mavs cracked 25 points for, for a quarter for the first time in quarter two <laughs> of this game. Yeah. They didn't score 25 points in a quarter in the, the entire Atlanta game or in the first quarter against Toronto. They scored 18. So. Yeah, so offense looked so much better in the second half. There was a lot more spacing. You, I mean, so many different lanes. I mean, it obviously helped <laughs> that uh, you know one Toronto was co- was on a back to back, but two Tim Hardaway just went kind of supernova. And you know, you need a handful of those games, especially when you pay a guy eighteen million dollars a year. You need a handful of games throughout the year that that eighteen million dollar a year guy wins some games for you and. T- the tonight's one of those nights from Tim. I mean, how many what, how many threes he finished with? Seven threes. <laughs> seven of eleven. Yeah. Let's go. Seven uh, eleven. As long as we're giving kid credit for some stuff since since we ragged on him at the beginning, uh, I thought that that challenge in the third quarter. Now it was an it seemed like an obvious call, but and then some people were making fun of like, oh, why use that useless challenge in that third quarter to just get possession back? The Mavericks had um, the ball was kicked off of, of Fred Van Vliet's foot. It was pretty obvious. They called it Raptors ball. And then Jason Kidd called the challenge on it. It was pretty obvious that they were going to reverse it. But you have to change. You have to save those challenges because this year you're you're only allowed to review out of bounds plays in the last couple of minutes with a challenge. So they're even more valuable this year, these challenges. And so, but Jason Kidd used it. And in that the Mavericks were right in the middle of a run. The momentum was starting to swing back the Mavericks way. They were starting, their offense was starting to click. Finally, he used that challenge. And then that was a win for the Mavericks. That was I don't like, think he had a choice to use that challenge. Cause Tim basically just went everyone, over and was like, do it now. <laughs> but, yeah. All the players ran over and were like, this is like, we're going to win this, go use it. And so 
if we talk about you know any of the positives with Jason Kidd, it's that he's going to be a players coach. And if so, we talk about, him. <laughs> and then and then uh, that's that's what he's been touted as by by the Mavs and everything. And so he takes that challenge, he listens to the players, and, and then when they win that, that's a win for the players. That's like a a collective like yes, we 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 got something. The momentum continued, and the Mavericks. That's when they went on that run in the third quarter. They went on a 10-0 run that was and that challenge is right in the middle of that. And then they ended up taking the lead and they basically never seized control again. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I thought no, that was a positive. It is a positive. And I think another positive in this is I know that, you know, Toronto, this is their third game this season. You know, this is the second game that they scored under a hundred points. That you know, first game of the season they scored under 90 points. Um, you know, last night or two nights ago in Boston, you know, they scored over a hundred points. But, you know. I thought they played. I thought Dallas was playing pretty dang good defense right now. And I yeah. think you know, is this a is this a part of a shift that we're seeing that and, you know, ideally you want both to happen. Like your offense can be great, and but your defense can be great too. And it's like working on your defense. But is this like what we're having to try to trade out? That hey, a lot went. What if a let me let's do this. What if a lot of the training camp actually did go to defense? Like majority of it. And it was just like, hey, defense, defense, defense is what they preach. It's what Jason Kidd has preached since day one since he got here of like, we're going to be a much better defensive team. And now I I think they have looked better defensively as a team. I think they do like a little bit more cohesive. I think KP's moving better. And that's the answer. It's KP looks better. KP, what did he finish with four blocks in this game? They actually have a backline guy where he alters and affects some shots and actually got some blocks. I think that's. One of the big reasons, the big changes. Yeah. So I now I know that Toronto isn't the most offensive team in the league, but I do think they've gotten better defensively. And it's like, all right, would you trade out a little bit of the clunky offense and they gotta work out the wrinkles of that for your defense getting better? And it's like, all right, you just trust the offense will work itself out. Maybe so, but I, I do want to point that out. That as bad as I want to say bad, but like as clunky as the offense has looked. I think the defense after two games has looked much better. Yeah. Yeah. The Raptors just put up like 120 points against the Celtics last night or the other night. So, yeah. Uh, and the Mavericks held them. So I, I thought that was, was a positive. All right. Coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. We'll talk about the good, the bad, the things that we saw. We'll talk about KP Luca finally emerging as Luca and finally looked normal again. Finally. We'll talk about that. Tim Hardaway, lots of stuff to get into. We'll talk about all that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the rest of this game. The Dallas Mavericks win 103-95. to Good win for the Mavericks. Away game. Needed that win really, really bad. Uh, Luka Doncic, let's get, in, let's get into his game. Uh, 27 points, 11 of 24 from the field. Just 2 of 10 from 3. 9 rebounds, 12 assists for him. Just 5 turnovers. Just, I guess that's an average amount of turnovers, but... Uh, Luca finally started to get going. Like in that third quarter, he really, it really felt like Luca again. Four minutes and 40 seconds left in the third. He hit this high runner where he just threw it up and it almost looked like it was going to be a lob to KP, but instead it just went in. And it really felt like at that point, the Mavericks' energy was different. That was when they, after they had done that, after Kid had done the challenge and they really went on a run. And then boom, all of a sudden it just felt like the Mavericks were, were in it and they took a 10 point lead. Yeah, he's a little bit more aggressive uh, in the second half. You know, there's a little bit of body language stuff with Luca. You know, especially in the first half. Yeah. Just, I, I think he's still, you know, and I think it's natural. I, I think it's something that he has to get used to too. When you have the ball a lot and everything is ran through you, you know, last season and this season they're trying to 
diversify the offense a little bit, whether however you feel about that uh, as a Mavs fan. But you know, I think he he was just he felt a little bit more comfortable in the second half, and he was a little bit more aggressive taking the ball in. I still think, I mean, even on his, his three point shot, I mean, he's four of seventeen from to start the season in the first two games and all preseason all we could say was he looks so good he looks in mid-season form already his shot like everything was going in for him it's so different so far in the regular season two games than it was in the preseason for him and his shot yeah his shot i think there is some conditioning stuff i think i've i've been typically in the i I just i want to be honest with this like I think typically I've made fun of that conversation that's overblown. I still think it's overblown a lot. KP, but, that Lucas conditioning is overblown. That, that, yeah, that yeah. Luke, just Lucas that, fat and all that kind of stuff. You think you've in the past thought it was overblown. I, yeah, and and I think there – I don't think he is uh, in the best of shape in his career right now. And uh, I'll be curious to see how that you know goes on. It, it is kind of weird. It's like I, I didn't really have any of these questions in the preseason. Maybe I just did, I don't know. And now the fir- first two games, I feel like his shot. I feel like sometimes it's been short, and it feels like wait for it. It feels like he did play the in the Olympics, and he had a crazy <laughs> off season and played a lot of basketball. And then like you know, so I'll be curious to how he adjusts to that moving along in the season. Well, in the preseason, maybe that's just me. Like I, somebody listening, I mean, or listeners, I'm sure will be like, "You're stupid. You're crazy." It, it could just be me. I, I might just be over, like, really. They looking say into that it. anyway. But th- <laughs> in the preseason, one of the one of our comments, one of our observations was, "Oh, it looks like Luca's just going half speed." <laughs> well, maybe he's just a little bit out of. Sh- maybe he's just a little bit slower than normal because he's he's coming into the season. He his first break in the off season was right after the Olympics, right? And so he didn't get he didn't get that ramp up time. Yeah, for like two or three weeks um, into it. Which I mean, he still looked great in the third quarter anyway. He still yeah. carried this team to a victory, like twenty seven nine and twelve. <laughs> still, Luca. He's still, still going to produce. Yeah. He's still going to produce. It's not like we're saying that he's just all of a sudden way less effective now, but. It's it's something to, to watch, something to, to look into. Christoph Porzingis, eighteen points, ten boards, four blocks for him, two of nine from three. What did you see from KP in this game? I just saw he moved a little bit better. Definitely. Um, I'm still not here for the post ups. I'm sorry. I just I can't I can't do it. There was a post up where KP faded away. KP seven foot three faded away and got blocked by OG Ananobi, who's six seven. Freaking OG man. OG is, had a, had quite a game. Like, how have we gone through this far without oh, giving him and the Raptors credit? Because OG was was awesome. Twenty three points. Twenty of them came in the first. What did OG have? I'll never forget. Okay, flashback real quick. So I never forget. I did a first draft profile. A I did draft profile on OG, and because I really liked him, he had this big injury at Indiana. And he was one of my guys that I really liked in that draft. And I remember I sat down with Yogi Ferrell when he was with, uh, um, who went to Indiana. Yeah. Who went to Indiana when he was with the, you know, with the Mavs. And I asked him a couple of different questions about OG and he gave me these quotes. And sometimes, you know, these quotes like stick with you in your head. And he said, he has thighs that are like tree trunks. (laughs) And I always said, of course it made the story. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he just, he really hyped him up, but he had this huge injury, you know, kind of going into the draft. And that's why he slipped. If people don't, you know, remember, that's why he slipped to, I think, 22, 23 in that draft. Because of his thighs? (laughs) Well, because of that injury. But man, I I loved him coming to the draft. I love him even more now. Uh, I don't love him like John Hollinger likes Evan Mobley, but I really, <laughs> I, I really like him though. He he's a great player. <laughs> Just go look at his Twitter, uh, John Hollinger's uh, <laughs> friend of the network, John Hollinger. 
yes, but we, we mentioned OG, 20 points in the first quarter and a half. He only scored three points the rest of the, the, the way. He got into foul trouble, which I thought was the Mavericks were, were attacking him, and I thought that, that was a good thing. They had five fouls, and they had to keep him out for most of the fourth, and that got him out of rhythm, and then, and then boom. Uh, you know, he was way less effective. So that took out a major player for them. Pascal Siakam was out for this game, by the way. Is Siakam the third worst or third best wing on the team? <laughs> yeah, after OG and then uh, Scotty Barnes. I love Scotty Barnes too. Scotty Barnes is great. Luca gave Scotty Barnes the came up and gave him a you know some dap, and then was, was like saying something to him after the game. Saying, I like, would too when Scotty Barnes just looked Luca off and just blew past him for that dunk. <laughs> Seventeen points, eight boards, two assists for Scotty Barnes in this game too. This draft uh, he, class, though. This yeah, Scotty Barnes was really good against the Celtics too. Tatum and Brown and all that. Yeah. He still looked really good. Uh, but back to the Mavericks. So yeah, we, we talked about Chris Alps Porzingis. The him and Jalen Brunson, I thought, had some really bad decisions on offense in this game, especially in the first half. In the second half, it started to get a little bit better. But some of the decisions they were making with drives, and we talked about the lack of spacing. They were at at times they were acting like they had Carlisle offense spacing. Right where Brunson mm. would drive in, he's like, "All right, it's one, on, it's me, it's me and my defender, one on one. I'm going to drive to the rim." And Brunson does all these crazy finishes. He doesn't realize that there's a defender on his back, like like a foot away, because somebody like a big is trailing him now. Uh, and there was times when he just he would stop, and he's like, "Oh dang, now I'm double teamed. What do I do?" And there are times when he missed guys for open threes. And uh, I thought that both of those two guys kind of struggled in the first half. Yeah, and I, I want to give some love to Dorian. Yeah, I just <laughs> what. I just I went on that whole thing about criticizing. You're like, yep, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be positive. I feel like I've criticized a lot, and I feel, and especially when I'd like there's this is a good like this is a good win for them because they you're right they, you're right you're they right. turned it around the second half, and I don't want it to be a like a whole pot of you know all the downs whenever they did like the first quarter I was like legit worried like a lot of you guys like I'm like 18 I, points I, they I scored 18 tw- points <laughs> I wasn't tweeting very much I was like my god like what is happening <laughs> and second half was much better and much I better. just there were multiple plays tonight that Dorian was on the floor he's doing his thing four offensive rebounding breaking news he's great at offensive rebounding I didn't I didn't know if you guys uh, if you guys knew that, but he just does all the dirty crap on the floor, and that's le- 11, 11 points, um, one of three from three, and, f- five of nine. And he's the heart of the team, I think. He's starting to become yeah. that. He's starting to become the the Draymond Green. I'll yell at somebody or I'll I'll be vocal on defense kind of a guy for the Mavericks yeah. because he's he's now. We asked him at, at media day. We said, "When do you think you start becoming a veteran?" And I think he was like. I think I, I think I'm getting there. Like I think I'm, I'm yeah. getting in that spot. He's been with the Mavericks for a while now. We've him and him and us had the same rookie year covering the covering yeah. the Mavericks and being with the Mavericks. His so rookie we, season, I used to like our whole thing was I would walk in the locker room and we'd see like what shoes each other had, and he would like, <laughs> oh, you got some Elevens on today, and I'd be complimenting what he had on. It's like, but that's how we got got to know each other. There was a moment in this game when KP wasn't fighting for rebounds, and you pointed it out to me that, that Dorian was like, you got. I, I think flip. he said this. I it, think I tried it to sounded read like, it, and I went back and it looked like Dorian was saying, "We got to fight. We got to fight," and that's just like camaraderie, bringing the team together. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought KP had a, had a much better game after that. And I just, and yeah, Dorian is just becoming that kind of heart and soul player that you really, really just love. Speaking of, of heart and soul, Tim Hardaway Jr., man, like Ooh. seven of 11 from three, 25 points in this game. He was second on the team in scoring. When he starts going, it's, it's hard for this Mavericks team to lose. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when you can get the, tw- you know, <sighs> I want to look at like the record. I've had time to look at the record. I think Mavs PR tweeted out something about 
Jeff. What? About the record when Tim like, scores like yeah, twenty seven points, whatever it is. You know, there you know, KP was two points away from having twenty. The Mavs, Mavs were have, thirteen and five last season when Hardaway ta- tallied twenty points or more, including seven of twenty three when he got twenty five or more. Wow. Yeah, when Tim's feeling it, man, it, it's it always just reminds me of that rookie sophomore game, him against you know him against uh, Deion Waiters. He just uh, he love it. You love the elevation on his shot. I love his shot. Um, yeah, he just he helped like put the game away, right? I mean, without Tim's just kind of supernova there in the second half, then yeah, we, we might be getting a little worried there. Mavs would have been in trouble. They wouldn't have won without him going like like going yeah. off like that. He was a big part of it. And uh, yeah, he's he's just the ultimate shooter's confidence of like, hey, I'm just gonna keep shooting. I'm no, just gonna, you know, I, I think it's also notable like, no Josh Green in this game, no nobody real short like playoff rotation basically. Yeah. Tim played no. 35 minutes. Luca played 30 or 38 minutes or no, almost 39 minutes. Tim played 39 minutes. Luca played 39 minutes. Dorian played 36 minutes. I mean, this was a playoff type rotation. Which yeah, is scary. I mean, they basically went you know not you know. Nine deep, if you want to count Sterling Brown, I mean, Willie would be 10, but he only played three minutes. But yeah, basically nine deep in this game. No Moses, no Trey Burke, no Josh Green. Um, you know, they all kind of played a little bit in that first game of the season. But it's just, you know, I, I think the Josh Green spot is something to look at moving forward. Of If he's legitimate, not going to be in this rotation and not playing almost every single night, uh, that's it's a bummer. Like, it, it's a bummer because not... Like I get why he's not playing. It's just a bummer that, you know, your your first round pick is not you know really playing. We talked about at the beginning of this podcast about Reggie Bullock getting more minutes. We thought for yeah. sure he was a lock as like a twenty five minute a game player or something like that. And uh, yeah, and then you know I'm just I, I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, we're that we're gonna you're getting a lot of run out of that drop anytime somebody talks about Moses or Josh Green or anybody. We have to apologize to you guys who thought this pod was going to go longer than. <laughs> Mavrello there you go. being back. Welcome Mav- back, Mavrello. Mavrello is back. Shout out to Mavrello. <laughs> Friend of the pod, I guess. <laughs> he follows both of us. So <laughs> There you go, guys. Mavericks get a win. That's what matters, right? The Mavericks get a win. Luca finally seems to be back. KP's feeling like he's part of it and feels like he's in the offense. Tim Hardaway going off. Things can get better and the Mavericks can can win another game. And they have two easier games coming up at home. Their first home game coming up, you know, in Houston, you know, they have San Antonio home game. So, I mean, hopefully if you guys live in Dallas, try to be there Tuesday night. Like that should be a a lot of fun, big time game, home opener. Yeah. Let's let's have this place rocking, you know, for that, for that home opener. And hopefully they win a couple more games. And then what's the narrative about Dallas? If they win three in a row after losing that first game, could be a little Isaac. Good morning, Jason. <laughs> I mean, great vibes, no, just great vibes, like great vibes, great vibes. Yeah, great vibes, no, sensational vibes. And like the vibes are immaculate. We'll be back on Monday, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Oh!